Hey guys, hope you're doing well. Christian Burris here. Uh, I want to go over some questions that I've had regarding rate of perceived exertion and also tempo. So I'm just, I'm going to explain the general concept and how they integrate into the ADAPT platform and then also why we utilize those two methods of training uh, to complement the rest of, or, or to complement the workouts that we utilize or create. So I'm going to start with rate of perceived desertion, which you will see shortened as RPE. That's what that stands for. Um, and essentially what it is, it replaces a specific weight and it replaces a specific percentage of a one rep max, which would be common in a division one setting or potentially a private setting. It's a little less common at the professional level just because, you know, guys know their own bodies um, and it doesn't really make sense for that context because things fluctuate so much. But division one and private, there's more st uh, stability in terms of schedule and stress. So it, it makes a little more sense to use percentage of a, of a one rep max, whether that one rep max is a squat or a bench press. <clears throat> Excuse me. So rate of perceived exertion, A, you can find it in the menu at the top right of any of your workouts. So that is always going to be there. You'll always have access to the sheet or to the, to the page that explains it. And it's essentially a one to 10 scale. So a one would be you're doing nothing. You're on the couch, you're sleeping, your heart rate is super low. So we'll never be utilizing a one for the most part in a workout. A 10 would be either you're running a mile, for instance, as fast as you can, or you are performing a, a weighted test or, or something that requires absolute maximum amount of effort over the course of time or repetitions. So you could have a 10 RPE for a 10 rep uh, let's say dumbbell row, for instance. And what that would mean is that on that 10th rep, you literally could not do an 11th rep. So that's kind of hard to gauge, but as you start using RPE, it's going to become a lot more intuitive into how it integrates with the system overall of training. And it's, it's super important. So you may also see a Let's say if you're going to do a, a power workout, you may see a four to six RPE. So one might think, <clears throat> okay, four to six on the sheet or on the, uh, the web, web page that's in the menu for each workout, that may indicate you would have, you know, six or seven reps left in the tank. That may be true for certain exercises, especially when you're just starting out. So like a general preparatory phase we may use a, a four to six RPE, an easier RPE, so that the overall intensity is lessened so that you can just get back into it, get you know tissue remodeling, maybe put on some, uh, some very, very rudimentary strength, get your nervous system firing. Those things are pretty uh, easy on the body, but there's another way that you could use a four to six RPE, and that is if you are doing power work. So if there's a power phase, and I will generally indicate this in the notes, but if there's a power phase, 
then I may say four to six RPE with the intent that the weight will be lower, but I want you to move the weight as quickly as you possibly can. So that's a little counterintuitive, especially when you're in the thick of a workout, but keep that in mind as you progress through each phase of your program that it may progress to the point where, okay, we're in this seven to eight to nine uh, RPE to build a foundation of strength and conditioning, but we're also going to potentially towards the end of the off season, focus more on power development because you're generally using power as your main source of, uh, of movement on the ice. That's, it's, it's going to be power, speed and conditioning. And that would be in that four to six RP in terms of weight, but the intensity or the speed and velocity may be a lot higher. So that's, those are the, the couple different ways that you can use the lower, uh, the lower ends of the spectrum from, for RPE. And then for sprinting and quickness, agility work, you will generally be in that nine range. You know, 10, I, you won't see a 10 RPE very much. I'll never, I don't want to say never, but I would be very surprised if we had a testing day or some day where I loaded you with weight, whether it's a squat or a bench press, and had you max out. I think that the injury risk is too high and those numbers don't really matter in the overall context of how you would develop as a hockey player. They matter in terms of how you're going to develop as a weightlifter, but nobody cares. Nobody cares if your numbers are good or not relative to how you play on the ice. So that's another difference, a major difference between collegiate or high school versus the professional level or more advanced systems of training is that sure you know they they test at that level but the reality is it's all about how you feel on the ice and how productive you are so tens 10 rp you probably won't see it too often you may see it here and there for some sprinting movements so if there's a um if there's like a 10 yard sprint i may have nine to ten rp on that because i essentially want you running as fast as you possibly can. But the reality is the risk of injury from a, a 10 yard sprint versus a one rep max on back squat. I mean, that's, it's a night and day difference. Like you're probably not going to injure yourself with a proper warm up, which we always provide on a 10 yard sprint. So in a nutshell, that's how rate of perceived exertion works. And as you go through the initial Again, general preparatory phase, you probably won't see RP very much. I'll probably just let you do your thing and choose the velocity or, or weights or, or even tempos yourself. But then as you get acclimated to the program and as you progress from phase one to phase two, three, four, five, then we'll introduce those more advanced concepts of RP and tempo. So tempo, there are four different numbers within the tempo scheme. So what you'll see is either a block note or a exercise note that will say hypothetically one, 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 one tempo. And what that means, I'm going to break down each number. The first number is going to be on the descending or the, we're going to use a squat as an example. So the first number would be using, would be the descending or lowering part of the squat. The bottom number would be the bottom position of the squat. So you may hold that for a few seconds if I had, a let's say, a three 
in the second number position. And then the third number would be the upward or concentric motion. And then the fourth number would be the top position, so the ending and starting position. So how that looks in the general scheme of a training program is you're generally the most important part of the, that tempo scheme is going to be the third number. So the concentric or the upward movement, because that's where you would generate all of your power. And you would never want to train that in a slow fashion. At least that's, that's my position on it. You would always want to be moving weight as fast as you can. Even if it doesn't look fast because the weight might be a little bit heavy, you still want to move that weight as fast as you can. So it's the intent of movement. The first number, so the, the lowering portion, a lot of times we'll have a program that will say, you know, four seconds or six seconds on the lower or even like 10 seconds on the lowering portion. And the reason is we want maximal amount of tension and muscular recruitment on that lowering portion because we're actually trying to damage the muscle fiber even pretty much as much as we possibly can so that you can rebuild to have a stronger protein structure within the muscle fiber itself. So it's a pretty complicated concept, but it's definitely backed by a lot of research. So that's an important one. And then you may have a, a program or a workout that says zero, five, zero, one. And what that would look like would be you're going to come down fast. So try to get to zero seconds on the back on the downward motion and then hold at the bottom for five seconds. And there are specific reasons why we do that. But it's essentially muscular recruitment and also training your system to be reactive. And then from there, you're going you're gonna to explode up as fast as you can uh, for that third number, the zero. And then at the top, you'll we'll generally only have a one just to reset your body. So you can you know, reset your feet and then go down fast again for the next rep. If you have a tempo that has a number greater than three or four, no, actually, I would say generally greater than two or three the reps will probably be significantly lower. So if you have a 6-0-0-0 tempo, then you'll likely only have no more than three or four reps because that six-second that six second lower is really taxing on the body. So we want to make sure that, you know, we're not going to have a, if you just do the simple math, if it's six seconds down and you do 20 reps, that's, you know, over a few minutes. So that doesn't quite make sense. I think, I think that's pretty much it on tempo and rate of perceived exertion. They are a little more advanced in terms of, you know, the conceptual nature of how to use them. But again, once you get into the program, it's going to make a lot more sense. And in addition to that, at the top right, similar to the rate of perceived exertion, you're always going to have access to a tempo scheme that provides videos for, uh, you know, the, the first number, the lowering, and then the second number, the hold at the bottom, and then the third number, the upward movement, and then the fourth number, the position at the top. So it'll, I'll explain those, uh, or you can rather see a, f a further explanation by visiting the menu at the top right of the workout. And then the last one I forgot to mention was OC or oscillatory. And that one's more speed and power based, but it's essentially, you're not moving the weight at a full range of motion, but rather in a, in a four to six inch range of motion, I, 
I generally want you pushing and pulling the weight as hard as you can. And the concept behind that is you really need your agonist and antagonist muscles to relax and contract as quickly as you can. So uh, one example is, of this is if you're running. If your quadricep is pushing you forward, or skating is another good example. If your quadricep is pushing you forward and your hamstring is also contracting, then that's going to limit the amount of power that your quadriceps can produce in a particular stride. So we want to make sure that we can train the hamstring to relax and then your quad will have more power production so it can contract at 100%. And then it goes the other way too. We want to make sure the quad can relax when the hamstring is contracting at 100%. And that works throughout the entire body. So that's a that's another more advanced concept that you'll probably see. But in the end, it's very important um, along with the importance of RPE and then also tempo work. So if you have any questions, for sure reach out to me. At Train to Adapt is our Instagram handle. And then www.traintoadapt.net is our website. We've got a free week that you can work directly with me. And I will, uh, I, I'll be texting with you every day. So I'll show you the ropes. So I look forward to hearing from you and have a great week. Take care.